Let's do this. The Cult of Hockey podcast by the faithful and for the faithful. I'm David Staples of the Edmonton Journal, and I'm here tonight with Bruce McCurdy. Welcome, Bruce. Hey, David. How are you doing tonight? Good. I've got my camera set up here, but then I have you over here. I might have to just shift my computer. There we go. That'll put it, make it a little more sensible, maybe. Okay. <laughs> I got this new setup, Bruce. I got a new, I got a new uh, camera and a new stand, and I've already mm-hmm. got the fancy mic. Like we're just, we're just moving into the. What is this? The 21st century. No, all you need to do is get your head in the middle of the screen, and we'll have her beat. <laughs> <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> All right. Yeah, we're as, I'm as discombobulated as the Edmonton Oilers in the last three games. Yeah. Uh, somehow, Bruce, they managed two wins in these last three games, and they almost they almost even got a win in Chicago or a loser point or something. But um, they have not been playing well, and they were outchanced seventeen to nine in terms of Grade A chances. There was lots of great B chances for Columbus as well, but they managed to win the game four to one. So, Bruce, this is our two good things, two bad things, and two numbers podcast. What is your good thing? Gotta be, gotta be Mikko Koskinen. Yeah, another stolen goalie win, second one this week for uh, for Mikko, uh, and uh, he was uh, the only thing keeping the, this game from becoming an absolute rollover in the first period when Columbus, it seemed like, I don't, I don't know how Edmonton came out of that period with the lead. Like the puck was in Oilers end for like 19 out of the 20 minutes. And Columbus was winning the, all the puck battles. And every time a, a puck oiler and a, and a blue jacket and a puck would come together on the boards the puck would wind up going to either directly to another jacket or directly back towards Edmonton's end of the ice and they were second to the puck and they you know they were discombobulated for uh, so much of this uh, the game the first period in particular was just an absolute horror show uh, anyway Koskinen <laughs> Kept his stuff together, and it's a good thing he did because uh, the guys in front of him were uh, were struggling mightily, and uh, Big Mikko had the answers, and on uh, one or two occasions that he didn't, I think his crossbar saved one, and a uh, guy missed a wide-open net that could have uh, could have uh, changed the face of this game, and, uh, and he hung in there to... Uh, very nearly pulled off the shutout. We'll talk more about that in a minute, but uh, he... Uh, um, he got the win. That's the main thing, and he was the the main and almost only reason that uh, uh, they came out on top in this game. Not quite not the only a, reason, but he yeah. was the, without him, no chance. He's not exactly an acrobatic goalie. He he what I've when he goes down, his his shoulders. There might be you might be able to see a little bit of light between the the crossbar and hit the top of his shoulders, but not much. Mm-hmm. Like his shoulders are are right there. Like and he's just always in position. So huge. He's got pretty good reflexes. Pretty good. He moves pretty well in the net. But he's he's not Mike Paul Matier. But he's he's. I it just there's no. I don't know if a goalie if there's a goalie who covers more of the net when he's on his knees in the NHL than, than Koskinen. Like I, he, there may not be. And, and what it made me think, Bruce is 
just wait till we have our first like, uh, and we're gonna get this. Our first like seven four goalie, or seven two goalie. Like, there's some mm-hmm. of these athletes in the NBA already, right? Who can, who can, uh, who are incredible athletic specimens. Mm-hmm. Guys out of Europe um, as well, right? Because um, mm-hmm. uh, a lot of black guys in the states don't play hockey, so we're not gonna probably get that kind of athlete. But some of these guys from Latvia are seven feet tall and. Uh, Lithuania, seven feet tall, playing in the NBA, Germany. And it's one of these days when we're going to get this seven-foot goalie. And I just wonder what it's going to mean for goaltending in the NHL. Because Koskinen, he just takes up so much of the net. And um, you get a bigger guy than him, it's going to be ugly trying to score a goal. Yeah, well, you talk about how much of the net you can see over his shoulders. Uh, the other thing is you have to put your you have to put your mind's eye in the position of the puck. You know you're looking down from above and you might be able to see a little space, but the puck on the ice, if the goalie is a quarter of the way between the goal line and the position of the puck, he only has to cover three feet of the net. The, from that vantage point, the puck can only see the crossbar. Yeah. And so if, as long as he's in position, there's really nothing upstairs. Uh, unless you go outside on his glove side like Columbus was trying to do for most of this game. Yeah, well, that's probably why. But, uh, man, he's been dialed in the last couple games, and that's fantastic. The Oilers really, you know, I was 50-50 on the Oilers, so I I thought it was a coin flip heading into the season. But uh, it's turning up heads here, Bruce. It's, like, pretty amazing that both Smith and Koskinen, I don't know what Koskinen's uh, overall save percentage is now, but it's getting probably it's league average at least and maybe above that better. now. Oh, so. it's better. It was 9-14 coming into tonight, and it probably went up a couple points tonight with uh, 45 saves. So, yeah. My good thing, Bruce, is the world, the NHL's slowest line. It's got to be the NHL's slowest line. James Neal, Jujar Kara. And Alex Chase on it. And if someone had asked me going into the that game, um, if I thought that line would be the Oilers' best line, and, and um, <laughs> be in on two goals and uh, kind of lead the team and uh, make a lot of good plays, I would have said no. Uh, I would have said, you know, you should probably play uh, Gaytan Haas instead of Kara. But Jujar Kara had one of his best games of the year, and uh, he was he was sharp on the puck. James Neal was going well this. They're, you know, Neil and Chason are very smart hockey players. They're, they're, I like them as hockey players, and I think actually they're going to both going to be really good in the playoffs because they're big, rugged guys with some skill. And uh, the game kind of slows down a bit in the playoffs in some ways. And uh, I think they're going to be they're going to be strong. But uh, you know, um, the first goal, I think both goals, if I'm not mistaken, went in off of um, Columbus players. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> with Kara setting the screen both times. And, um, yeah, that was just very sweet to see that line working together. Jujar going to the net like that. And, it, you know, and the second goal fav- featured one of my favorite things, which I've remarked on many times. Caleb Jones' ability to get p- pucks off quick to the net, and um, which is absolutely crucial. you got to score those kind of goals, and I've complained bitterly that the mm-hmm. Oilers don't get enough compared to other teams. They got two of them tonight, and... Good for the Oilers. You got to score that kind of goal to win in today's NHL. Can't all be the nice passing play. And uh, there was, of course, the one goal that was a nice passing play, but um, that was the insurance marker. So uh, good for the fourth line. And 
we'll see how they do going forward. I mean, I, I'm skeptical, uh, but because they do lack foot speed, but if, if those guys are all getting their feet moving, um, they can play all three of them can play some hockey. So, yeah, well for Alex chase on, that was his 10th goal of the season tonight. And when he signed that extension, I mean, <coughs> there was a lot of sort of um, back talk about that, the value of that contract. Oh, yeah. And the whole thought was, well, he's never going to duplicate 22 goals. And it was pretty obvious he wouldn't because his whole career he's been, you know, like a 13, 15 goal guy. But there was every reason to expect that he was going to get 13 or 15 goals. And he's up to 10 now, and he's kind of on, on track for that. Uh, I don't I mean he brings value to the power play and you don't hear hardly anybody talking about him on the power play but you know he's one of the well six guys he and Neil split that net front role uh, but Chase has been getting more and more of that and back in the earlier in the season when the Oilers actually got a few power plays uh, he was very, very effective in that net front role. You know, he's the lowest paid guy on the power play by over two million bucks. For all you want to complain about his contract, I think about that for a second because he's, you know, they're the best power play in the league, and he's part of it. It's a good uh, way to frame very, it. He's, he's very good at what he does, and what he, you know, it's not much of it involves handling the puck, but a whole lot of it involves getting in position and getting in the way and setting screens and, you know. When he does battle for the puck, win it and get it to a teammate, and then head back to uh, to the net front. But uh, even strength, you know, he's he's okay. He can hold his own. And whether it's a fourth line, third line situation, uh, I'm you know he can do brief turns in the top six. But anyway, he's uh, uh, he's a player. I I like the player. I think he's smart. And I think he's tough, and I, and I think he's he's willing to pay the price for his team. And What's your other good thing? I'm going to go with, man, this game. Uh, Darnell Nurse, uh, who I saw good on a number of, of plays, even though he got beat a few times. Uh, I saw there's one, one play in particular where he uh, he made a real good play to win a puck battle inside the blue line of the uh, of um, Columbus to keep the play alive for at least a little bit of a scoring chance. And then Columbus came back hard the other way, and it was Pierre Luc Dubois who was a load and a yeah. nasty and a nasty that was one. Nasty, yeah. Uh, for much of the night, and Nurse came all the way back and stripped the puck stripped the puck off of him. Then after that, he got a penalty for what did they call that one? Uh, roughing. What do you? Or, who yeah, did Nurse or Joe? Nurse, Nurse, Nurse did on that same on that same sequence where he made the two really good plays. Oh in a yeah. Row, and then he got a yeah. roughing penalty, and that was roughing. But uh, some dude clubbing uh, Kyler Yamamoto with the stick is nothing. I mean. They just missed I that, I think. Yeah, well, they missed a lot. Anyway, uh, <laughs> we'll uh, one power play, two games in a row, one power play, and when you got the league leading power play, you know that's that's a big part of what makes it go. Now that said, the one power play was awful, but you know, yeah, maybe maybe more than one chance they start to get it together, but it didn't happen. All right, uh, my second good thing. Bruce was 
I think his name's Emil Benstrom, mm-hmm. Colum- Columbus forward. Mm-hmm. And uh, him missing that net, that wide open net. How did he miss that? How, how did he miss that shot? Because <laughs> it was, he had yeah. the puck on his stick. He had a little bit of time there. If he just oh. taken a, if he just taken a little bit of time, he would have drained it. it. Like Koskinen was down and out. And he didn't even hit the net. It wasn't even a scoring chance. He didn't even hit the net. He hit dry settle beside the net. So come on, buddy. Like, but good for you. Like, thank you, Emil Benstrom, for the gift. That was a, that was as good a gift as Koskinen was going to get that game. And he sure deserved it. I mean, Koskinen deserved every break he got because he was just playing fat. That, you know, he was so sharp tonight. But uh, yeah, Benstrom, uh, thank you. That's my second good thing. <laughs> What's your, uh, let's move on to the bad things. Because I think you got it. I think there was something, Bruce, that you didn't like right near the end of the game. Oh, there. well, there's a lot of things I didn't <laughs> like about this game. But I really, 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 as an old goalie, I really didn't like Leon Dreisaitl. One minute to go in the game. Uh, it's four on four. The Oilers are owning the puck in the other team's end of the ice. They're doing the right things. They're cycling in the corner. The D-men are activating. And they activate right past Leon at the blue line. And he decides to make one of his passes into sick little passes that would have looked great if it would have worked. It didn't work. So that's that's problem number one. Now it's a giveaway and they got the puck. Problem number two is immediately there's a fire drill, you know, going hard the other way. And Leon is the last guy back because that's where he was when he let the pass go. And he took a second to read the problem. So by now it's a clear-cut breakaway. So then he does get on his horse and he hustles back against the guy, uh, uh, Gus Nyquist. But as soon as Nyquist fires the first shot, he stops skating again. And, of course, Koskinen stops the first shot and then there's a rebound. And because Leon stops skating, Nyquist wins the race to the rebound and pots it in the empty net to take away a richly deserved great shutout by Koskinen. And I, you know, I'm sorry. I just think that's disrespectful to your goalie. You know, in that situation, three nothing, last minute of the game. There should be one thought on your mind, and that should be look after the damn puck and check your ass off to keep the puck out of your net. <laughs> and that didn't happen. And I'm very disappointed that that uh, that that sequence took place. It, it took the shine off of the. The final buzzer to me. I was the game ended with the Oilers winning, and I was pissed because of the lost shutout. Not, it shouldn't be that way, but you could have given say, gold, goaltenders union uh, ha, has me up in arms about that whole sequence. Yes. Well, you Not have now enough. filed your you have now filed the grievance. <laughs> <laughs> you could have given Koskin a ten that game. I think maybe I was I had full intentions of giving him a ten. <clears throat> For goalie to get a ten without a shutout, I don't know if that's even doable. No, I, I would not do that. I would he's getting a that. he's getting a nine, yeah. but Leon Leon's getting docked more than Koskinen is for that. Yeah, goal. you can dock him two oh. grades, two full grades. He <laughs> Drysdale was uh, made major mistakes on five grade A chances against Bruce for a forward. That's really weak, and he he had a, some really bad moments on defense. His feet were not going. They're going on the attack, but this was a game that Leon was mainly going one direction, not the other. And that happens with Leon Dreisaitl now and then. Third period, third period, he got it going, and his line was part of the reason mm-hmm. that finally Oilers started to take control of the, of the play a little yes. bit. But that was that was it. Like the first two periods, really, the, the top lines didn't have it going on much at all. 
my other bad thing is it's not that like bad a thing. I just didn't I didn't like uh, the line combinations tonight. Mm-hmm. Um, I I don't see you have a line that is performing better than any other line in the NHL. The dynamite line, uh, Dreisaitl, Yamamoto, and Nugent Hopkins. You have a line like that who's just killing it. I don't see breaking up that line, Bruce. I know you got to get Connor McDavid going, but there's there's options, right? Tyler yeah. Ennis has been playing well uh, with yeah. Connor McDavid. Zach Cassian played well for half the year. Why not go Ennis, Cassian, McDavid and see how that goes? And and what we saw was Drysaddle and Yamamoto, um, I think Ennis had three or four, you know, he had one, a couple great shots on net. But then he had two other chances where he was set right up in the slot and he didn't get a shot off. He kind of took it behind the net. And I just thought Nuge, Nuge would have scored on yeah. all those chances that Ennis had. Nuge would have scored on one of them. Because he's of so them, yeah. hot right now. Mm-hmm. And I don't, I didn't like breaking up that highly successful unit. Uh, and even that said, I under, completely understand the need to get McDavid going. But <clears throat> you just signed Zach Cassian to be your winger for McDavid, essentially, for the next few years. And uh, you might as well go back to that. And they did, which was smart. But I just, you know, stick with yeah. Ennis. He was playing yeah. well with McDavid. So, um, And then the other thing, Oscar Clefbaum had a pretty enough rough night um, coming back. And he made some good plays, but he just wasn't sharp. And he was uh, um, made some mistakes that led to grade-A chances against and I, I just think Jones and Larson had been killing it uh, <clears throat> pretty much for the last two weeks. Just stick with that. Give give Clefbaum a game or two with Russell on the third pairing. And that would have been okay. That that would have worked too. So I think the coach, um, uh, you know, I, I wouldn't give him high marks for this, for this game tonight. Put it that way. They asked him a at the presser today, if it ain't broke, why fix it? And he said, if it ain't broke, you ain't broke. You ain't looking hard enough. Guess if you're a coach, you can find something wrong with everything. But uh, I thought the the move of Nugent Hopkins, I thought Nugent himself had maybe his worst game of 2020 tonight. Yeah. And he he struggled, and he you know he was a little bit out of sorts, and they had you know they clicked a couple of times, and he too in the third period was a little bit better, but. Uh, I mean, that one power play they had, twice he just fumbled the puck and they lost, you know, yeah. and they went to so much trouble to gain the zone and they just coughed it up with, like, bad, bad handles in the puck by him. It's it's different playing with McDavid than Dreisaitl, right? It's not easy. Oh, sure. It's not, it, it's, I think it's probably maybe easier to play with Dreisaitl because he's always looking to pass it to you, so you're looking to get open, right? With McDavid, it's more, you know, you're charging, you're trying to read his charges at the net, you charging at the same time. It's a little diff. Like sometimes McDavid's looking for you too when he's wheeling in the offensive end. But the other times when he's on the rush, it's this different can of worms and you just got to, it's, it's, I think it's a little bit harder. Nuge can do it and he's done it well. Cassian can, can do it well, but I, so can Ennis. So anyway, I don't, I don't like the answer to that question from, from Tip. <laughs> yeah. Honestly, like I, that doesn't make sense. So I tip it to, He's a freaking great hockey coach. Mm-hmm. So uh, 
but well, this is just I, my one fan's opinion. There you go. They got the they got the two points, and I guess that's the answer to every question that fans raise tonight. But boy, that was not a work of art, was it? No, and he's trying to shake the team up. They have been crap, and mm-hmm. they had the dynamite line together when they were crap. But I don't think they were the problem in those games. Maybe if you looked harder, they were. Maybe I missed that. But certainly McDavid's line has been broken, and they needed to make a change there. And they, I think putting casting there is going to work. That was a very nice goal that they did score. And I'm mm-hmm. really glad they scored it because McDavid, it, he's sick apparently. Yeah, that's what they were saying. That's yeah. what they were saying. So he looked First, at, is, I mean, There was one play where the puck came to McDavid inside the Oilers' blue line along the boards. And 99 times out of 100, McDavid's going to pick up that puck, turn, make a quick turn, and steam up the ice and have the whole other team backpedaling. And he just didn't have the didn't have the step and he didn't have the burst and and he wound up turning it over right inside Edmonton's territory and it's just you know it's not him I'm uh, you know I think he's playing through something I'm actually going to go gentle on McDavid even though I don't suppose he had that great of a game tonight but I docked him hard enough last game and if he's sick well he's you know he's trying to play through it and help his team and he did get a goal. <laughs> He did get a goal. Bruce, what's your number? My number is 980, actually decimal 980. That is Mikko Koskinen's save percentage this week in which he faced 99 shots and stopped 97 of them. And I think it might have been the very last one that was the second goal that that he allowed because he stopped 42 of 43 and absolutely stealing a win in in, uh uh, Dallas, and then he came on in relief after Mike Smith got blown out, and he kept Edmonton in the game, stopping all 10 shots he faced. Uh, and that game, Edmonton was, because they were behind, they were pushing the play, and the other yeah. games where they had the lead, like, he didn't get a lot of help from his team, and he won two games. Like, they didn't score any, hardly any goals for him, and they didn't check all that well in front of him or prevent... I mean, he faced 17 grade-A scoring chances in both games and six against Chicago. So he faced 40 grade-A scoring chances, David, and he gave in two goals. Wow. And two two and a half games. In the majority of the games the Oilers have played this year, Bruce, they've had the better goalie. And that's, uh, it's been a long time since we've been able to say that. I guess Talbot's year. You could say that in in Talbot's year, in his one big year there. Okay, Bruce, my number is 2 out of 11. And only in 2 out of the last 11 years have the Edmonton Oilers had 80 or more points. And t- now they have 82. So I'm going to tell you what the the points were in those years. A- and when I read them, it just kind of, it's like this, to me it's this conjures up this flashback of, what it's like to, like, how have we been able to do this, Bruce? Like, we've been doing this blogging and cult of hockey. You're going to say 62 over and over again. I just know it. All right. <laughs> I remember these numbers. <clears throat> it starts in uh, 2009-10, the great, the decade of darkness, 62 points, <laughs> 62 points, 74 points, and then in a truncated season, uh, 45 points which over a full season would have been about 78 or 79. 67 points, 62 points, 70 points, 
Then they get 103. And we all thought it was hunky door, but it, it was not. Then they got 78, 79. And now they have 82 points. And they've got uh, 13 more games to play. So Bruce, uh, pretty sweet this year. This has been a very, very sweet season for me as an Oiler fan. It's like I don't like it's. It was you know, the hardest years I found. I don't know about you, but me for me it was like 2014, 15, 2013, 14, the Aikens era. For some reason that was the hardest one for me. But um, glad it's it's we're at least this year it's going good. Yeah, well, they they keep stopping the bleeding. They've only had one losing streak uh, as long as three games all year. And that's even counting overtime losses. Like, they they had one streak in December where they lost four in a row and they only got one point. And otherwise, they've nipped every other two-game losing streak in the bud or else they've nipped it after one game. But they've managed to avoid the big slide. And they've only had three winning streaks of three plus games but ideally you have more winning streaks than losing streaks and they have and that's what keeps their head above water my cat is just trying to break into a cupboard here if you hear some, some scratching in the background um they know how to open the drawers with their paws mm-hmm. they had to put kids locks on our drawers in our kitchen because our cats can open them <laughs> <laughs> okay Bruce, the Oilers are in first place according to the uh, official yeah. NHL standings. I don't know how they calculate it, but because uh, they're tied with Vegas and they both played the same number of games, but they're in first place in the in the Pacific right now. Eighty-two points in sixty-nine games. And Bruce, I don't see the Oilers getting any worse. This is a good hockey team. They're not pl- like three games aside here, but Clef bombs back. Mm-hmm. He'll crank it up again here. They're they're getting healthy. Um, you know, unless everybody gets the flu or worse won't get into that but um this is a very good hockey team caleb jones and bear have really shored up that blue line in a major way koskin and smith are solid in that yamamoto at forward um yeah i like this team and i think they're gonna i think they can finish first i think they can do it what about you yeah well 37 24 and 8 they're exactly tied vegas has the identical record yeah, but Edmonton has two more regulation <clears throat> wins, and that's the first tiebreaker is regulation wins. Okay, and so the Oilers uh, they're ahead of everybody in that department, uh, with the exception, I suppose, of uh, you know Colorado and St. Louis. Uh, they you know they're all of the teams in the wild card hunt or in the Pacific have uh, under thirty, and Edmonton's been when they do win games, they usually win them in regulation, and uh, they did again tonight. So, I don't know, David. I mean, after watching these last three games, I'm of two minds about it. Like, I'm coming away thinking, well, if they can win those games, they must have something going on. But honestly, it was, uh, it, that could have been a three-game losing streak right there based on performance. They, they, yeah. They, they be... seem to hit the wall in this last short while, and hopefully they can, they can put a stop to that and, uh, uh, and find a, you know, a, a, a come out with an effort where they match the other team's effort for starters and match the other team's execution and, you know, get good goaltending but not have to totally rely on it to steal a game. Yeah. You know, if the Oilers had lost those three games, they'd have 78 points. Mm -hmm. That's just two points. Um, Well, Minnesota, 
No, Winnipeg, who's tied for the last wild card spot at 76. Yeah, yeah. Winnipeg, Nashville, and Vancouver. So Edmonton would just be two points, you know, out of not making the playoffs if they mm-hmm. hadn't had that. But they seem to answer every question, you know, like as the questions come up, they seem to get the answer right. And sometimes the answer is really good goaltending. Sometimes that's how teams win games. So, um, you, you know, you hope that your goalies are going to steal five to ten games a year. That's fantastic if that happens. And that's what happens on good teams. And that's what's happening with the Oilers this year. Happened with Talbot that year. He stole some games. So, um, you know, good stuff. All right, Bruce, when's the next Monday night? Yeah, they're Monday and Wednesday. It's bad timing for me. And uh, I think you'll be podcasting possibly with uh, Kurt. Uh, We'll see how that goes. But uh, uh, they're playing um, Vegas and then Winnipeg Monday and Wednesday. And it's like every other day, uh, the whole way down the down the street so yeah Mikko Koskinen 917 now he raised his save percentage three points tonight so he's huh. uh he's getting the job done and that's uh yeah that puts him uh, in the top half of uh goalies and like sort of regular goalies yeah. anyway yeah so. top half of starters mm-hmm. yeah if he heats up I mean he can get a hot Mikko Koskinen we've seen runs where he's been in like a 925 930 goalie for a month and a half at a time. So, um, yeah, the three meter man. Good goalie. Yeah. All right, Bruce. Well, it was a pleasure to talk to you again tonight. Yeah. Thanks for listening, everyone. And in the meantime, and in between times, this has been another edition of the cult of hockey podcast. <laughs>